wait before. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Amana Podcast. This is our sixth podcast. Amana is a collective of people, places, things, and actions that transcend us and exploring people's higher virtues and how that leads their life, how they fall off, what and what they do to realign. And today we have with us Michael Brown. Welcome, Michael. Greetings to all the world. Michael um, and I met over around 15 years ago, I want to say, Mike, and you were at the time Professor Brown to me in many of my political science classes at Schiller International in Germany, more specifically Heidelberg. And uh, I still say you're the best lecturer and teacher that, I, that I've had or, or a true educator, you know, using the root word of educar to bring forth or extract out what's already in there. Recognizing in education, you need both, you need knowledge and then do something with it. But you did a great, a gr you do a great job of extracting out wisdom and uh, and knowledge from your students. So I've always very much. Yeah. honored your process and, and your beingness around that. So today we're, you know, as normal, I talk to people about their higher virtues. Some people look at them as their value system. As you traverse through your worlds, and I know you know you're not you're more than a professor. You're also uh, a coach, both professionally and personally for people, uh, and you lead seminars. And one that I would like to discuss too today is the cooking seminar that you've done. So you're an extraordinary cook. You cooked for my 40th birthday, which I'll forever be appreciative for. Yeah, that was like a magnificent a, event. Yeah, it was a, a two-day episode. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, is there a virtue or value that would come to mind that you would care to discuss? And let's kind of jump into what it is and how, how you work with it in your life. Well, I think about that um, lots uh, of times. And um, let me just say one thing. Um, thank you very much for this wonderful introduction. And one of the wonderful things about you is that you're just a great uh, learner. You love um, gathering information and you love expanding your own self and your own heart and soul. And that's something I've always cherished in you. And yeah, that's thank what you're you. doing now in your podcast. It's probably borderline um, obsessive, but yes. Yeah. Well, the obsessions, the obsessions are when they're when they don't become harmful. They're very, very good things because they lead us down paths of knowledge and into great detail, so that we learn things. True. As you mentioned, virtues. I would, for me, the ultimate virtue is self awareness and self understanding. Mm. And from there, we can we can grow and um, increase our own personal strengths, understand our strengths, our talents, our know-how, and our wisdom in order to enhance the greater good. Beautiful. If, if we were to unpack understanding and self-awareness, what, what could be some of the processes or steps that you would think to do that? Like what do we, how do you go about unpacking uh, understanding, which I would imagine leads to self-awareness? 
Well, um, the major thing is to think. And because we live in such a modern world and um, a world of social media where we're always online, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, we're on um, Instagram, all these metrics is coming in all the time. We're working more than ever before. It's almost like in the industrial age of the 1870s and the 1880s and the 1890s. And um, especially in Silicon Valley, where everything's online going all the time, people are working seven days a week, whether they admit that or not. Now, the key thing is to take moments to just think. And one of the greatest places to, to get alone and to think is to go out into nature. And I know you live in a beautiful part of California. And I also know that you live in a, you, you come from a fantastic land in Australia, which is great um, nature. And where you live and where everybody lives, they can go out. They should turn off their smartphones, go out alone and spend time thinking. And that thinking can be a form of meditation, although that's not for everybody. But it should be about getting clarity. And what would you say, get, getting clarity about what? So if I was going to go outside, and, and I can give you an example of what's happened to me in the pandemic, maybe we start there. Um, I, I grew a cook's garden. I've, I've always enjoyed cooking, but I wanted to right. uh, get into cooking even more so. I, so I um, have planted potatoes and kale and peppers and rosemary and tomatoes and oh, started to eat from this cook's garden. But I don't know if I went into it thinking. I went into it nurturing and wanted to understand the process of growing on the land for myself that I could be self-sufficient. And also there was a real nurturing to it. So obviously I had some thought at some point to do that. Uh, I don't Where do you think, when you're thinking, where do some of these thoughts come from? Well, what you're describing is absolutely beautiful. And that's also um, totally spiritual. You're getting back into the roots of nature, into the roots of the earth. And um, as an earthling, a fellow earthling, that's an extremely um, helpful thing to do. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm talking about is more focused type of thinking, that you go out into nature, you try to empty your thoughts, but you focus on one thing, and you connect with what's going on in your heart, your soul, your instincts, and your mind. And you try to empty out everything else that's there. Now, maybe when you're in your garden, you are thinking about digging up the earth and planting the potatoes mm -hmm. and watching how the peppers are growing. That is occupying your mind. That will form a certain type of natural clarity. Okay. But, but if you... But when people really want to get clarity about direction of the life, where they should move, they should go out unencumbered, especially into nature, alone, all social media turned off, and then allow themselves to think upon 
one idea at a time in all of his acts, all of his aspects. Could you give us an example of that? Um, the, the, the greatest example I can think is um, CAD computer programming, you know, CAD, computer mm -hmm. design, right? And that's taking an object and you look at it in, in 3D, in all of its aspects. So an ex excellent way to get clarity, as I say, go for a walk in nature in the beautiful hills of California or on the beach or um, in the Central Park if you're in New York or um, in the beautiful parks of London if you're there or the Bois de, uh, in Paris or wherever it is, everybody can find it, the sands of Egypt. Go out, cut yourself off from all social media, all the noise that we have in our modern lives. Take one idea that is occupying yourself. If it's your relationship or your um, career path or decisions that you have to make, take one idea at a time Empty your mind of all other ideas and then look at that one idea as a 3D CAD diagram. So you look at it in every single dimension that you can. Now, then understand it. Then you understand it completely. When you're satisfied with that, and it may take 15 minutes, it may take a half hour, it may take an hour, it may take two or three days to understand um, the complexity of the idea that you want to analyze. It depends on the situation and on the, the power of the idea. Also, the closer the idea is to relationships, the more complex it comes. But once you do that, follow up with making a decision about what you want to do about that. Follow that up with action. And action is the key to all forward positive self-development. And then um, anticipate the consequences and then follow up with more actions um, concerning those consequences. That, what, I just, what I've seen and what I, what I do in my personal coaching and group coaching, professional coaching, that helps people make decisions, go across that threshold, overcome fear and their insecurities, anticipate the future, and then make healthier decisions for themselves. One of the, it's very interesting. One of the um, tools that I use in my work for helping people with vision or purpose, these things that are sometimes outside of us or extraneous to us because we can't feel touch. There's mm -hmm. a, a practice I use called sandpit psychology. They use this a lot in marketing to come up with taglines as well. And you take a vast array of different objects. Now, you and I have been into symbology in, in certain areas. In fact, I have a um, one of the symbols you've left me here is a metator. One right. that has the, the hammer and the knife. So right. you take an array of symbols and you kind of choose one 
and you start to speak to it quite directly. Like it feels like this, it's hard, it's soft, it's sharp, uh, it's brown. And you look at, you look at it from upside down, different angles, and it starts to stimulate right brain, right brain thinking. Cause we think primarily in images. Like if I say to you, Eiffel tower, you probably are not thinking of the words you're thinking of the symbol and then, then taking that and then bringing it back into the rational brain or into the situation circumstance, in this case, a business vision, it becomes more powerful and the symbol sits there, which can build experience from because you've had a, a physical experience to draw upon. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's, Maybe maybe it's hard to explain that, but it's it's certainly a very powerful approach to coming up with ideas because your right and left brain hemispheres are engaged. And then I work my way to their heart. So now we've got um, a quantum approach that we're looking at and how do you come yeah. up with quantum thinking? And yeah. uh, that that's a very powerful tool. I think that's often could lead us to the ahas or the light bulb moment, which is where I find my awarenesses usually sit. And as you're saying, my experience of going into the wilderness, if you will, or to nature and walking and allowing to be distraction free, often great ideas hit, you know, and not, I know we're not just talking about great ideas, but that's where self-awareness could be illuminated. Some people it happens in the shower or, or on the, on the toilet. You know, we yeah, have absolutely. these great ideas. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so. and I totally agree with you. And one of the that's why I gave you that that mentor minotaur. It's because it's physical. You still have it. I gave that to you years ago. Yeah, so it's and on my labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And what is um, key to that? Because we are earthlings. So I'm um, I'm totally open to the idea that there's other universes. There's other planets out there. There's other um, life forms out there, but I personally am an earthling. So I, I eat the tomato, I eat the meat, I mm-hmm. drink the wine, I smell the earth, I swim in the ocean, I look at the, our blue sky, we have one sun. And we earthlings are very, very physical, very tactical, uh, tactile. And um, I think what's very good is to give people, when I coach them, um, symbols or to get them in touch with symbols that they can touch and feel like an an ancient necklace. Um, Like from my father, I have a lock of his hair. My father passed away, Mm. but I have, I kept a, a lock of his hair. And that's very, very symbolic to me it's very spiritual spiritual to me it connects me throughout the ages into his en- energy into his powerful living memory yeah and so that's when i coach people i give them often physical objects to help um c- concentrate them and to focus them and also uh, or they or i suggest that they find an object that's very very meaningful to them from their lives from their families, from their roots. And one thing, a major thing in self-awareness is knowing our roots. Where do we come from? 
why do we behave the, the way we do? What are our motivations? And it may be indeed coming from parents, grandparents, great grandparents, and from the, the lands and the, the countries that we originally came from. And that's very, very deep, and it helps to center us and it helps us to find ourselves. Mm. So what you are saying is I'm half bull, half man. <laughs> yeah. um, I think you said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to say what half is half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. Um, one of the lectures, we've spoken about this before, but I'll bring it up for our viewers here. That one of the lectures you were giving in our UN class, uh, the United Nations class, which we had debates in, they were really, I really enjoyed it. I've never been... I've never debated before, at least not formally. Um, and so I, I had a real blast. And I remember, you know, you were encouraging us to come up with themes. And this particular theme, I went up to the front of the class and I drew as big as I could on the board love, you know, which I knew yeah, was, right. is, is this extraneous kind of feeling. And we all experience love in different ways and as many forms of love. Yeah, but it, it's certainly unconditional loving for me is my highest value, you know, and to get into that space, it, sometimes it can take a while. Sometimes it's instantaneous, but, you know, the love of your, I know my grandmother loving me, my parents loving me, I, I, I haven't experienced love like it. You know, it's, it's a very special yeah. love, particularly when you're little and more innocent. So I, I hold that in, in a real sacred space, but I was ready to, you know, go to war for it. I was, I was uh, if you're not loving, I'll kill you. If you're not loving, be, I'll, you'll be beheaded. I mean, I get so evangelistic about it. And I right, thought that yeah. was and so such you, a yeah. fun, fun class to uh, yeah. maybe talk about how you've set up some of those ideas that could leave us, lead us to awareness around our, our thinking, our, our ideas. Well, let's go back. It's that heavy thing you just said that you confronted people. You, we were talking about um, international politics and mm -hmm. debating skills and other things. And you got up there and you wrote on the flip chart, you know, love. You know, you just said it's all love, about love. And if you don't understand it, um, you're all I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and not, so, not physically, folks. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, at the time, yeah. nobody knew. <laughs> and so um, you got uh, incredible amounts of fury. You know, people just didn't, could not, it was too much. It was intense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, love is one of the most, absolute, one of the most complex emotions that human beings can have. It's as complex as fear. And love and fear share a lot in common. And so that was uh, you displaying your one of your core values, and I think in one of your great virtues, to an audience that could not handle it at the time. And mm -hmm. also, your message was was just too um, intense at that moment. <laughs> I think I still got an A. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But the other point is, uh, how do we educate people or how do we ex um, open doors and um, let people 
experience things in their own natural way. And one way, so what you did at that time, and I, I know, you know, you've changed your style, mm-hmm. but that was very contra- controversial, and it was to shake people by their collars, slap them in the face, and say, wake up. Yes. Which is a, which is a very good thing to do sometimes. We need to do that. The shake and bake method. Yeah, because so many people are zombies, and so many people are lost in the social media world and the uh, the productivity and the immensity of beautiful things to buy. And so they're a little bit asleep, which goes back to our original conversation about what is the future, the, um, the, the virtue for me, and it is self-awareness and knowing yourself. So when we are, when we are confronted by all of these marketing things and these social media messages and people wanting to know more and more about our private lives and this incredible sharing, we don't have the time to think about what we really want and what's really is important to us. And what you did back then, you were saying love, what is love and how do you conceive of love? And the audience at the time could not handle that because they were not they were not prepared to handle that. So as an educator, as and you're also a magnificent educator, we have to create an open space, very embracing space, a space where people feel they can share, they can um, say things, they can, without being criticized or people laughing at them, where they feel that I can say what I really think in my heart and soul, and it will be accepted and thought about. And then once that happens, a beautiful conversation can happen with a, with a lot of sharing. It's, it's one thing to move into that understanding, self-awareness. And my first, my very first class with you was a communications class. Right. And I experienced you as a, a terrific communicator. Um, I would consider you come in with a different frequency where most people are at, particularly, let's say, a new class, and you slowly, with your voice and with your tools of what the classwork is going to be, start to unravel people. And it's a beautiful dance, I see. But it's another thing to have self-awareness. It's another thing to have understanding. It's another thing to be able to communicate that effectively and you had me up just remind me you had me up to your business class in san luis obispo there and california in california and you asked me to do a lecturette and i was thinking well what could i you know what could i do that on so i did it on change management and transformation management you know what's the difference between change management and transformation management in business Right. Because if you look into studies, and we won't go into them now, I've got plenty of them, though, most change or transformation management fail because they're trying to force things through ego yeah. or through positioning or power or control. And Absolutely. I, I used symbology in that class, and I, I recall the symbology of the butterfly. You know, butterfly is true transformation from the original um worm right into this beautiful Mm. butterfly and it can't go back 
And that's how you know you have transformation is when you can't go back because things can change, but they they could also change back. Right. So doing that in business is a real skill, but that's a lot of what my work is about. I would imagine it's a big part of your work. Yes, especially nowadays um, with the COVID-19 transformations, which has completely radicalized the, the business world, um, the travel industry, um, so many industries, the restaurant industries, everything has been totally uh, turned on its head. Mm. And so people are thinking, you know, let's go back to to before when it was before COVID-19. But with all these variants coming up, we have to live with this new world. The world has changed dramatically. And that's one thing about, uh, I think it's a very good point that you make about change and transformation. There is no going back. And then why should one want to go back, actually? You know, who wants to go back to something that they left? So the butterfly does not want to be um, a worm again in a cocoon. The butterfly wants to experience it itself, even though its, its life is perhaps a couple of weeks long. Yeah. But it lives that life as a, a thing of great beauty. And that's maybe is um, at the core of life. I watched Live it. those moments of beauty. Yes, it's very true. I, I was watching a a documentary yesterday of what happened in 2020 due to COVID-19 and and the lockdown around the world. And and it's this wonderful documentary if people get to see it. I apologize if they get the name, but David Attenborough is the narrator. Yeah, yeah, from from England. He's a uh, naturalist. And, And he was narrating the change of how Earth is coming back into its natural form because we're not disrupting it as much. And exactly, right. from, from India, seeing the, the mountains that they hadn't seen for years because of the smog and how whales are communicating differently, how turtles are breeding in full numbers without being disturbed or killed before they have half their life. So it was a great documentary around what can happen if we don't mess it up. We'll leave it alone, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. And then if we remember that we're earthlings. And so let us us, um, ponder the universe. Let us explore other planets. Let us meet other peoples out there in the universe, if they are. But let us also take care of our blue planet. And I think that's very beautiful, what you just said, and that you brought that up. And that's also what, um, when I do coaching and, and seminars and things like that, where I help people get back to being on core. Mm. And on core means that you find your your essential self. You, you, you realize what your true skills, talents, experience, know-how, and wisdom is, and you live that out in yourself. And then you don't let anything take you off core. How you do that is by by a quality thinking and also realizing, you know, experience uh, the beauty of, of our earthly nature. And um, what you've said, yes, um, that's really excellent about what's happening with the COVID-19 thing is that people are, are because they're, they're staying more and more at home, they're not going into nature so much, which means they're not trampling and destroying nature 
which means natural animals and beings are then retaking um, our natural environment. And so you mentioned whales, which is one of my favorite animals. Deep, deep wisdom and knowledge inside whales and dolphins and things. And they are moving closer to the shores once again. And other animals are retaking nature and moving closer to cities and things and losing their fears of humans. And humans are learning to live with nature even more. So that's a beautiful combination. And that is a great opportunity for everybody to go out and to experience that um, spiritual coming together of human beings on earth and also animal life, which we share on this earth. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Mike, you've written a book and you uh, you have a, a website. Could you just share where people could find that and w- a little bit about what the book is about and your work? And uh, they'll be going into the podcast notes where people can click on the link and, and go there, but perhaps give a little explanation of, uh, of your work and, and your book. Yeah, so I work with teams and individuals um, as a coach, as a personal coach, as an executive coach, working with teams um, in business, um, helping people to um, understand themselves better, communicate better. Intercultural um, communication is also a major thing. So you can visit my website at www.michaelobrown.com brown with an e on the end dot com i'm a professional writer i've written lots of articles for on culture history business spirituality self-development for the huffington post and other major publications if you want to find me on the web um, my name is my writer's name is my middle name which is o'brien brown also brown with an E on the end. And uh, my novel, which you kindly mentioned, Mark, is called My Back Pages, which you can find on Amazon, also under the name, the writer's name, O'Brien Brown. Terrific. Thanks, Mike. Is there any leaving thoughts you would like to share, uh, share with our audience or... Yeah, well, I think a major thought is, we, you know, we talked about some huge themes, love and being an earthling and communication and connecting with others. But let us not forget one of the greatest virtues of all, which is compassion. And compassion to me is non-judgmental. It is accepting people as they are trying to understand people all over in different personalities, different mindsets, different childhoods, across cultures, and to approach them with compassion. Compassion is sublime, embracing, contains some love, but is not limited by love and gives us a way to understand and work with 
all types of personalities and all types of mindsets and all types of cross-cultural individuals around this magnificent globe upon which we live. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for joining us today. I'm sure people are going to gain insight and, and thought-provoking ideas here, and I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Mark. It's always a magnificent experience exchanging with you and talking with you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye, folks. You too, Mark. Okay.